Welcome to the Mom Circle Podcast, presented by Floyd Medical Center, a place for new moms, veteran moms, and moms-to-be to hear expert advice from experienced healthcare professionals. Here are your hosts, Dan Bevels and Jen Carroll. Hello again, everyone, and welcome to a new edition of the Mom Circle Podcast. I'm Dan Bevels, and I'm really glad to be with you again this month to talk about issues and questions that are pertinent to those of you who are uh, expecting a new baby, or maybe you have a new baby at home, or uh, maybe you're just, uh, maybe you've had a, a baby a, a couple of years ago, and you're just looking for a, a refresher on what it's like to be a relatively new parent. But we're just glad to be here with you each month to bring you that kind of information. And I'm always so glad to welcome in Jen Carroll, who is really the expert in this thing. I'm just here just to uh, just to introduce Jen, I think that's my my role because Jen comes in and she's the expert with all the knowledge. And Jen, I'm happy to do that again this month. How are you? Oh, I'm doing great, Dan. You know, I always bristle with expert because I feel like the mothers are really the expert and I'm just coming along learning from them. And um, yeah, just trying to give that information that's evidence-based and to help us guide our way through the parenting adventure. Adventure is a great word, isn't it? That's really what it is. I'm finding it. You know, I've said before on this um, on the podcast that my my daughters are a little older, but it's no less of an adventure today than it was, you know, when they were infants. Absolutely, absolutely. So, well, we're going to jump in, and we have a great guest today that I'm really excited about because it it kind of touches on one of my personal interests. So I'm looking forward to that. But before we do, Jen, we begin each one of these with a question that you know that we've been asked, or maybe it's something we've come across. And I'm guessing that uh, you know we ask these questions, and we find that a lot of our moms that are listening have the same questions because we, we're all kind of experiencing the same things. And uh, today's question, um, I. I um, I talked to a friend recently, Jen, who, who has a, a relatively young child, and one of the things that they've seen is that um, as the as the baby's gotten a little older, they're not sleeping like they were early. You know, they got through that those early that early phase where the baby was up a lot and they began to sleep all night long, which was such a relief. But now they seem to be going back to previous patterns and they're not sleeping all night like they were. Is that common? Is there anything that they should be worried about with that? Dan, this is a great question. And I want you to know for most new mothers, sleep questions are like number one on their list because mothers are sleep deprived. Fathers are sleep deprived. They're trying to figure out how to let this little human get into a pattern that is workable with them and their normal daily lives. So what you're describing is so common. Um, A newborn will sleep a whole lot, but as they grow and as they neurologically mature, um, babies experience growth spurts And those growth spurts often are accompanied by what is called a sleep regression. Now, mothers need to get really familiar with that term because they're going to experience this all throughout the infant and then toddler and even early childhood. Um, Children will have sleep regression. So what does that look like? 
it looks like when a baby has been in a certain sleep habit and then for a reason that you may not be able to identify, they change the rules on you. Um, so when they're really small, some things that cause sleep regressions are growth spurts. That usually is at two weeks, four weeks, six weeks, eight weeks. As they get bigger, when they start to make neurological advancement, for instance, let's say they learn to roll over. They may also find that they have a sleep regression when the baby starts to do that. When they start to sit up, when they start to, when you start to add new foods to their diet. So basically, these are skills that they're learning that may affect their sleep patterns. Nap times may be affected as well. We have a two-year-old in our home with us right now. My, my precious youngest granddaughter and my daughter and her family are with us right now. And the, it seems like something happened at the two-year-old birthday mark, and we are going through a sleep regression. However, what we are experiencing is a huge verbal ability increase. So my sweet little girl is talking so much, but her sleep patterns are all over the place right now, which is about to kill her parents. But she's just so busy in her world. And I asked my daughter this morning, so tell me what happened when she woke up so early this morning. And my daughter said she was counting one, two, three, seven, eleven. She was doing her numbers. So that shows that there's a neurological growth happening, but this is affecting her sleep. So it's a common thing. How do you deal with it? Well, first of all, recognize that the child is not trying to be naughty and drive you crazy. They are actually growing really rapidly. And so we have to implement things that will help make the sleep time easier for them. Um, you know, one of my favorite people on babies and toddlers is Harvey Karp. And he has a book called um, Happiest Toddler. And some of the steps that he recommends are playing for a few minutes quietly in a child's room before nap or bed, quieting the room down, dimming the lights, using music, which we're going to talk about today, or sound to kind of calm the child, infant massage or child foot massage, hand massage. So helping that child negotiate this change that we want to happen from an active state to a calm and restful state. Yes, this does take more time, but also realizing that a two-year-old may not be able to do that on their own yet. This is something that takes time, and gradually they will be able to do that, but don't beat yourself up and think you're doing something wrong. This is like a normal thing that happens with children, and if we just work with them on it, it will pass, until the next time we have the next one. <laughs> but it's not uncommon for them to happen. So I hope that will help some of the parents have less stress 
and maybe implement some new skills when it comes to sleep for their children. Definitely. And I will be sure to pass that info along to, uh, to the friend of mine who had mentioned this and, and encourage them to listen. So that's, that's great advice, Jen. Thank you. And if you have a question like that, by all means, let us know. And, and one good way of doing that is by joining our mom circle Facebook group. And we'll talk a little bit about that a little later on, but that's a good, a good place to suggest questions like this and to ask questions and to have those answered by Jen and our other experts. And I'm going to say expert Anyway, Jen, I know you don't feel particularly comfortable with it, but that's what you are in my mind. Uh, so, oh, um, thank you, Dan. Yeah, absolutely. Well, Jen, I mentioned that this is a topic that I'm I'm particularly interested in because I'm a I'm a musician, and uh, music has been a big part of uh, my daughter's lives growing up, and and so it's one that I uh, I, I have a lot of. Uh, uh, excitement about learning more about and sharing. And so with that, I don't want to give too much away. I'm just going to turn it over to you and let you introduce our guest and talk a little bit about what our topic is going to be today. Well, I am so excited to introduce Wendy Williams, who is a new person in my life. I mean, I've seen her, but didn't know her until recently and then found out that she has such amazing information and gifting and she is a professional that has a lot to bring to new moms and so wendy welcome to mom circle at floyd i am so happy to be here and uh just like you i'm just honored that i get to be in this journey with these parents sometimes i watch the moms and dads and grandmoms rocking their babies and I will just I'll just weep because what a high and holy moment to to get to share in that and um, yeah so, so. yeah well Wendy tell us a little bit about you what you do what your background is okay well um I, I went to Barry College right here and uh I've got my undergrad and my master's degree in early childhood not music, <laughs> and uh, actually taught public school for um, seven years. And Catherine Noble started the program, Kinder Music of Berry College. It's actually an international program, but she began the program here uh, about 32 years ago. And um, we were friends. I was actually watching her children while she taught Kinder Music. And she needed somebody to come alongside and ask me to do that. There's a good bit of training that goes um, into being a kinder music teacher. And um, so I went through that training and have loved every minute of getting to be a part of these families' lives. Um, As it is now, kinder music is for newborns through seven-year-olds. So they start out in a in a program, of course, with the parents there. And when they're about three or four, um, we start, I call it kind of a weaning away. The children come in for a 30-minute class, and then the parents join for 15 additional minutes. And then once they're um, four and a half, five through seven, their class lasts for an hour, with the parents still coming in um, at the end to find out, Uh, what we've done to join in with some of the activities and then to find out about things that they can do at home. So along that journey, um, one day I got a call and I was asked if I would come into Rome City Schools and work with 
um, classes of children with special needs, self-contained classes. And this is all because of a little girl named Molly Stubblefield, and that name will mean something to a lot of people in Rome, Georgia. And um, so I, I walked through that door, and that has just opened my life up in, a, in another wonderful way. I've, I've done that for about 15 years. And I would say at some some people, um, Dan was calling you an expert, and some people call me, and you are, and some people call me a music therapist, and I am not. That is a degree that people work long and hard and jump through many hoops, and um, I, I don't even have a music degree. I am an early childhood educator. Um, I am very passionate about um, child development. And, uh, and especially including children of all abilities. And music is a perfect place for that. Um, and I have learned so much, I think because of kinder music, about the importance of including families in that journey. It's what's been mm-hmm. done. As long as there have been families and as long as there's been music, that they've, they've gone together. Um, but I, I do tell people, um, I don't teach music. I teach children. And uh, but music is my vehicle. So the child's oh, the most I'd important part. Yeah, the, the child is the important part. And and I should say I learn from the children because that happens. Exactly. Uh, that happens all the time. So that's a little that's I a little love snippet. That. Well, how wonderful! You are just a well of information. I that's just amazing. When we open this up, and I love what you talked about. Um, that actually, you know, children's experience with music begins usually in the home. And I often tell my parents of newborns, listen for the newborn song, because one of the things that we notice in the first weeks after a baby is born is a humming that they do at the end of feeds. They will do a their own little song, a hmm, hmm, as they are content and finish feeds, which is only there really in the very first weeks of life. But I love that because I feel like children are born um, with an appreciation for music somehow. So do infants respond to music? I mean, what are the studies on that? Well, I'm not sure that we can keep them from responding just like... (laughs) Just, just okay, like you yeah. were saying, that happens, Catherine. Um, I'm probably not going to do a whole. I'm, I'm not going to be able to give you a lot of research on these kind of things. Mm-hmm. A lot of this is personal experience. Um, okay. We we could Google up Google that, uh, <laughs> you know, all day, and definitely find many, many, many research projects that would, um, that would agree with, um, with what what we're talking about, but uh, a story that goes with that, the director here, Catherine Nobles, um, often told about, she has four children and her youngest child, she said, always sang herself to sleep. Like she hummed herself to sleep. Mm. And that started, mm-hmm. you know, just very young. And, you know, she was just um, constantly surrounded by music and, and children, I mean, they're exposed to music before they're in the, you know, in utero. Um, and I'm right. and many parents will tell, I mean, I know personally, um, one of mine, 
um, in church, the hymns would would get them moving. <laughs> so you know, wow. you know that, that you know that's already. You, you can't keep music from children. It's, it's been a part of their life already, and it's everywhere. Um, so, yes, absolutely. I think, yeah, the, I think that's one of the things. I think that's one of the things we forget. Like, even when you're pregnant, if you're in the car and you're listening to music on the radio or you go to a restaurant and there's music, your child is there, too. And as they're developing, they can hear that music in the environment around them. So, yeah, that's a great point that actually infants have already been exposed to music through their developmental period. So what impact have you noticed that music has on infants or babies? Uh, well, it, it. I mean, there's some I mean, obvious ones. Yeah. yeah. Well, it it affects. I mean, it stimulates different areas of their brain, I, and there are, you know, just a myriad of studies that that show um, how that is done and 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 show the effects of that. But we know that it affects their balance. It affects their hearing, their speech, their behavior, their emotion. We have a lot of children that'll come and they'll say, "Oh, our pediatrician said." Uh, kinder music would be a great thing. Oh, our speech therapist said, oh, kinder music would be a great thing. Um, and and with balance, you think about, you know, just with rocking and holding babies in different positions that affects their vestibular system. So so that that part of their brain is enhanced there. Um, and then you think about their hearing. We do a lot of activities where we do things that are loud and things that are quiet. And it's amazing to in infant class, we have a large drum called a gathering drum, and and um, they'll come over to it and they'll pat it, and, and invariably there's somebody that's going to hit it hard, you know, and, and make a loud sound, yeah. and that's going to scare somebody. And then I can show them how to even make scratchy sounds, and it just amazes me. Babies, I mean, they're you know eight, ten, twelve months old, and they're they're moving their little fingers and making those scratchy sounds, and so they learn just their preference for loud or quiet or that scratchy sound and they can do it. And they're, you know, of course they have more receptive language than expressive language. So you can say, Oh, let's, let's be loud. And then, and they do that on the drum. It affects their speech, the the part of their brain, you know, when you think about speech and uh, again, they have more, um, when they're little bitty, you know, they have that receptive language and we're watching for that before they get the expressive language. But I have, I have really learned to love sign language, baby sign language. Mm. And I was not a believer in that. I thought, okay, this is who we, we've gone, we've gone too far now. And I, I, again, personal experience, I had a little boy that that I kept in my home a good bit and he just didn't talk and he was getting older, a little older, you know, and he didn't talk. And I was, I was starting to wonder, does he, he understand what I'm saying? Is there, you know, what's going on? But every time I would give him something, I would make the sign for thank you. And I would say, thank you. And, um, not thinking it was going to work cause I didn't believe in it. So, um, and then one day I handed him a drink and he made that sign and, and I just thought, okay, this is real. He has, right yeah. now, he just has more receptive language than he has expressive language, but he knows exactly what's going on. And he knows mm-hmm. that it's appropriate to say thank you at that time. So Isn't um, that wild? Mm-hmm. It, it affects uh, their, their brain in, in as far as their behavior. There's, there's times in kinder music where we're waiting. 
and there's times when we're taking turns and um and they and they learn and they learn those things and it doesn't happen i mean it doesn't happen when they come in here but that even babies and we do the sign for take a turn and it's almost like you know that's a physical thing they they can see it with their eyes you can they can feel it with their hands and it just makes sense and it it's almost like their little eyes are going, oh, I get it. It's not right. <laughs> so, so it's more than just music. There are a lot of skills that oh, yeah. come along and with that's this why I don't musical teach music. experience. I teach children. Yes. <laughs> that yes. is amazing. That's amazing. Is there a certain style of music? You know, when we think of babies, we think of lullabies. And um, is there a certain style of music that you recommend for people who have newborns in their home or there's, is there a certain style of music that works best for little babies or toddlers? Well, I, I mean, I think music is music and, and different music appeals to us at different times uh, of the day. You know, you might not want to mm-hmm. hear something with a strong beat the minute you wake up. Um, but uh, about mid-morning, you might want something like that. And I'm, I'm just going to, for Kinder Music, our app, for each class, it is varied. And we use a lot of world music. And, um, mm-hmm. but I mean, but even like what, it's, what does the parent like? You know, do they like a country feel? Do they like a rap feel? Do they like, you know, do they like classical? I would say all of that, of course, being appropriate with your with the language, you, you know, you, you definitely want to do that. But if, if there's a certain beat that makes the parent excited and happy, pick that child up, dance around the kitchen. It'll, it'll make whatever you're doing that day, you know, a lot more fun for everybody. Of course, I'm going to also say, make sure that you're doing nursery rhymes. I mean, there's, there's a lot right. of things that we would talk about in class, but there's just so many. And I think now we, we really have access to, uh, so so many i'll put a plug in kinder music has a great app kinder music international it is free and um i love that it has a way that you can just list it's called themes and so there is a section that's just lullabies so you might want to play that you know like you were talking about with this with the whole um the, the sleep um right you know trying to get trying to get children to sleep, you know, getting used to listening to that kind of music and maybe go in the baby's room, play some lullabies, be together before, you know, before you lay them down. And so they, they, um, they put the, the idea of a lullaby with sleep. And then there's other things too. There's, there's a thing for transportation. There's a thing for animals. So, you know, um, I, I love that about the app, but that's, that's a pretty cool thing. And like I say, it's free. Just that's a plug wonderful. For, yeah. So do you ever have children? I've heard some parents say, well, my, my child just doesn't like music. They just aren't wired that way. Is that something that usually is just developmental that most children grow out of if they have more exposure? There, there might be a child, you know, with sensory issues that can't, right? That can't handle, you know, if the music gets loud or there's some kind of surprise, and and that's a, that's another whole, you know, another whole thing, and that that we would work through, and I, and I think that that's something that can be worked through. But I mean, mm-hmm. as a whole, children 
children do love music. Now mm-hmm. I've had children that I've, you know, that were three or four and maybe they've had some kind of experience where they've been led to believe, oh, you shouldn't, um, like if we're dancing with a scarf or something, you know, oh, you shouldn't, you know, you shouldn't move that way. When they're three and four, imagination is just so important. And we're just Mm -hmm. imagining we're butterflies or we're, you know, we're, we're elephants stomping through the room or, or all of those things. And, and it's fine. And it's fine to do that because that's what three and four year olds do. But I have seen some children where that's just been squelched so much Uh that it's just something that we, that we kind of work through. Yeah. Okay. So how could um, a parent use music? We've talked about a couple ways, nap time or, you know, maybe like you said, following kind of where the child is in their daily rhythm. Like I love Mm -hmm. that idea you just said about mid-morning, like it's an, kids have a surge of energy, maybe putting on music and doing something with them, marching like elephants around sure. the kitchen or well, whatever. Like. That actually is playful and it's part of the play routine of their day. And a parent doesn't have to be musical to make that no. happen. No. You know, no. you don't have to be a musician to make that happen. You just have right. to put on some music and march with your little one if you want to, or carry your infant around with you as you march. Sure. And they'll think it's fun. Yeah. Absolutely. So, um, and sometimes yeah, that's I, a great I, way to redirect their, you know, if they're crying or, or uh-huh. sad or whatever, you know, put on some kind of music that redirects, do a quick spin that, you know, that resets our brain, do a quick spin around and then you're marching, you know, or then you're going backwards or then you're going side to side. Um, Yeah. I I would say too, it's really, I just think it's really sweet to have like your song. And for a lot of people it's twinkle, twinkle, little star, or you Uh are my sunshine. And a lot, and I'll have children that you know, we'll, we'll start singing one of those songs and they'll say, Oh, my grandma always sings me that song or, or mommy mm-hmm. sings me that song when I'm going to sleep or so I think, I think that's, that's a great thing. And, and like you were saying too, to have, you know, just to make music a part of your, um, of your routine, you know, ba- bedtime, you know, that's going to happen. Bath time, you know, you could do a yeah. whole, you could just have music that's about water you know that you play that mm-hmm. you know, oh oh it's you know that that's bath time uh diaper change is a great because sometimes that can be stressful you know and so yeah um singing with your child when you're doing something something like that um or doing some kind of little chant um so and i would say you know kinder music teaches so many of those kind of things and like one of our baby um curriculums is called the rhythm of my day and we do a little chant the rhythm the rhythm the rhythm of my day and we're walking around saying that and then there's different things that we different songs that we learn that go with all those different components of our day and um the 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 moms are so funny they'll say oh my goodness I was going through Kroger and I can't believe it I was just in my mind going the rhythm the rhythm the rhythm of my day so it can be comforting um to the parents 
as well. Yeah. Well, what I hear is this is just rich with parenting tools. I love the idea of music for redirection. Um, Like that's an amazing skill to use. That's fantastic. So I have no doubt moms out there are going, oh my goodness, this sounds like something I need more information about. And I am happy to announce that we are going to offer an opportunity for our mothers to come and have an introductory session at no charge at Barry. Yes. That's right. Okay, so can you tell us a little more about that? Yes, I I am so excited about that. We have a beautiful room that is is dedicated to kinder music, and um, it is full of all kinds of instruments and props. Um, There's hoops and scarves and... towels that we use for big beach towels that we use for rocking or sometimes the children sit on them and they go for a ride laundry baskets I tell the parents to say okay I'm going to teach you about cheap fun and another favorite that parents always love to learn about is skating on the cheapest paper plates that is super fun I had a dad one time that had done that in the class and he said you know what we were totally snowed in a, in a cabin. There were two families. There were all these children. We couldn't even go outside, but we had paper plates. Some of the things that are wonderful that come out of this is it gives a parent just time for that one-on-one attention because, you know, when you're in your house, there's always something. There's the washing machine. There's the dishes. There's the clothes that need to be folded. There's all that. But when you're in this space and it's, you know, it's going to be about for the baby classes, 45 minutes. And, and that's it. It's you and your baby and, and just, and that's it. It's just total focus. So I love that. Um, There's going to be a lot of social development that goes on because just being a part of a group, you know, and you Mm -hmm. and I talked some Mm -hmm. about this too, coming out of the, the pandemic, there's a lot of people that haven't, haven't been able to be with other people they haven't parents who haven't seen what other children do and and what is typical development and then for some parents they're questioning everything they're doing and and they're they're afraid oh my baby's not doing this my baby's not doing that and so getting to be in this group in a group and have other moms to talk to I think I think that's an amazing part of what will happen there's also a great opportunity for, for um, emotional bonding. Uh, there's a lot of cuddling and dancing and loving, uh, just a loving touch and a lot of playfulness. I'm glad you used that word because, uh, you know, children's work is play. That, that is how mm-hmm. they work. It is through play. And, um, and I'm just glad I get to live in that playful world. It makes it makes the grown up world so much so much better. Um, there's so much language development that occurs um, through singing. A lot of rhyming. Rhyming is so 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 important as children are learning to read. We do a lot of vocal play. So we we talk about humming. We do um, we'll do uh, speech ensembles. Maybe we, we've done one on birds. And so we're making all these different bird sounds. And um, 
And I tell the parents, I said, just keep doing it. Look in their face and say, cuckoo, cuckoo. And one day it's just going to pop out of their mouth. And so, you know, I'm saying it and I know they're thinking, yeah, right. And then one day this one little girl said, cuckoo. <laughs> and, uh, so it's just saying it over and over. And again, we've been, we've had masks and masks and masks and masks. And, and babies need to see your mouths moving to be able to learn how to form words. So that's a super important part. And, and uh, we've already talked about the fact that there's going to be a lot of ideas that you get that then you can use at home. And even just from coming to this demo class, you're, you're going to take, each the parents are going to take home some kind of nugget. So this is, mm-hmm. let me just tell you kind of how a class might go. Um, it always starts off with a hello song. And after about, I would say about the third class, even the babies, that they know their names. They've heard them over and over. They realize when it's their turn, again, that whole turn-taking thing. And we'll do something different, different for each one. We might pat to somebody. We might rock. We might tap our foot. So, And um, the parent gets to choose. But it's, it's really sweet, too, after a child's been in here for several weeks, especially, you know, say they're over a year old. Or, or they don't, some of them aren't even that old. Um, I will ask the child, how do you want us to sing hello to you? And they will instantly pat or they'll just barely move their foot. And I'll say, oh, you want to tap. And so, again, that um, that receptive language and being able to express it with their body. So we'll do a hello. That's song amazing. And we always do baby massage. Mm-hmm. So, again, that great intentional touch. And I tell the parents, OK, this is not a tickle. When you go get a massage, they are not tickling you. This is, you know, they're, you're going to feel a little pressure. And the whole time we're singing songs or doing different little chants. And um, again, and again, that's another thing, you know, and I will talk about, okay, this is something you can take home. This, and, I, and I'll also tell them, this might not be the time they want a massage. So they might be crawling around, not really doing it. But mm-hmm. when you get home, you might find, oh, my baby's favorite time for a massage is when they first wake up or right before they go to sleep or right after a bath time, you know, so you incorporate it in your day where it works. So a hello, a massage, and then we do some kind of exercise where we're, we talk about how we move our arms and how we move our legs. Then we always do something where we do opposite hand, opposite foot, because we want to cross the midline. And if you're talking about research, Google that, because, mm-hmm. you know, there is so, so, so much information about how important it is that we're, we're crossing that midline. Everybody will always do some kind of instrument play, and we have appropriate instruments for children. Um, and then, typic- by then, we're ready for some kind of active movement. It might be some kind of dance. We might be being a train. We might be being elephants stomping through the forest and then butterflies uh, flitting around. Um, we And again, I, I mentioned that we have lots of props. And one part of village that is not, that village is the youngest one, that is not in the other curriculums is called relaxation. And we try to teach the parents that it's okay for them to relax, to chill out. And and we're teaching the babies that it's okay for their parents to do that. And it's okay for them to do that. So it's kind of teaching, you know, that whole idea of self, self-soothing. And, um, and I tell the parents, we will have reached our goal when you are truly able to breathe and just trust. Mm-hmm. 
And uh, that's a beautiful time. And so when the when the parents and children move up to the next class, they'll ask, when is relaxation? Well, sorry, you had to have learned that in the first 18 months. We're moving on. <laughs> They're going to be active now. Although, of course, you still incorporate that into your day. And we usually um, end up with some kind of circle dance, again, feeling that sense of community. And um, and then the very last thing is a goodbye. And I have a microphone and, um, a, you know, a toy microphone. And I try to get each child as they're comfortable to come over and sing goodbye to me. And with some children, I'm just trying to get a b sound out. And this is not babies. We actually, we don't do that with babies. This is 18 months and up. For some children, I'm, um, they can say goodbye. And so I'm trying, as they get older, I'm trying to get them to use a singing voice. So that's another part. With the babies, we would just wave. We, we have a little song we sing. And, and because that's what ba- where babies are, they're learning how to, how to wave goodbye. So that would, be, that would be what to expect when you came to a kinder music class. Okay. So we come to Barry May 16th at 1030. When they come to the gate at Barry, how will they find where we are? Okay, first of all, know that when you get to the gate, you're going to have to show your driver's license. So you want to plan to, you know, to have a little extra time, you know, to get here. If okay. it's a 1030 class, you know, and you've got a little bit of a walk. So you, okay. might, you want to be coming through the gate, I would say, by 10, 15, at least by 1015, just so you could find okay. it. Um, so you're going to come through the gate and we're in the Ford buildings. So I, I just tell parents it's the part that looks like a castle. And, uh, uh-huh. but you're going to go through the gate and you're going to take the immediate right. There's a little circle thing, but you're going to take the, the very first right and kind of go up a hill toward the, toward the Ford buildings. And um, as you're going up that hill, you're going to see a three-story building. And we are mm-hmm. on the third, we're on the third floor of that building. Now you're going to have to veer right to park. But, mm-hmm. And then walk around uh, to get to that th- the three-story building, not the, the auditoriums right beside it, not that one. And when you come in, there is an elevator, but you're not going to realize it because you have you come in the in and you'll actually have to go through a door, and then the elevator will be over on your right. If not, you got okay. three three flights of stairs to climb, but there is an elevator. Yeah. Okay, great. Well, that's so helpful to know with these moms and their diaper bags and whatever. That there's an elevator. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That, that's great. Well, Wendy, this is going to be so much fun. I am so excited to be a part of this and to be able to offer it to our Floyd moms. Oh, I, I think too. that they're going to be really excited and I anticipate a great group joining us but we have a lot to learn from you so um i'm just going to ask would you be willing to come back again and talk to us more about using music in the daily lives i'd like to talk about it as the child gets older you know we've talked about infants mainly today but i I would love to have you back and we could discuss more about how to use music in our parenting and to help us as a tool as a as a really gentle and beautiful tool in our parenting with our children. So um, would you be willing to do that? 
I absolutely would. <laughs> Thank you for okay, asking. Okay, great. That's wonderful. Well, Dan, I know you've enjoyed this as well. You're truly a musician, but this also really feeds into everybody's capacities as far as using music in their parenting. Yeah, absolutely. Genevieve. Music is certainly one of those, those universal things. So it's interesting to hear. And again, I can vouch for it. Music growing up has been such a part of our daughter's lives. To note uh, the folks at Kevin Music, Wendy and Carol, and those folks are doing such a great job of uh, spreading the word, if you will, or, or yeah. spreading the song, maybe. How about that? Yeah, exactly. Absolutely. Yeah. Jen, do you want to talk just a second about the Mom Circle Facebook group and what's offered there for new moms and, uh, and expectant moms to take sure. part in? Yes, we are. You will be seeing on the Facebook page that we are going to resume our in-person mom support groups, and those are going to be listed on the Facebook page. I just wanted to get word out ahead of time um, for our May meeting because we would like to ask moms to indicate on Facebook that they plan to attend so that we just have an idea of how many mothers to expect. So um, it's open to everyone. There is no charge. Anytime that we have a mom circle meeting, there is no charge for that. But we are going back live again, which I'm super excited about. And there'll be more information about that on the Facebook page coming up April 1st. Absolutely. And we can't encourage you enough also to download the My Floyd Baby app. You can find that on uh, the app store of your choice um, and uh, be sure to download that because there's great information about what we offer at Floyd along with many of the same tips and topics that we talk about here on the podcast as well. So that's the My Floyd Baby app uh, and uh, download that and always check us out at Floyd.org for more information about how we will take care of you in our Family Birth Center. Jen, thanks so much. Always great to talk to you. I look forward to talking to you again very soon. Thanks, Dan. And thank you, everyone, for joining us. And uh, until we talk to you again on the Mom Circle Podcast, be safe and, uh, and have a wonderful week. We'll talk to you again soon. Thanks. Thanks for joining us on the Mom Circle Podcast. Be sure to join our Mom Circle Facebook group for more conversation between Floyd's experts and moms like you. And if you have any questions about today's podcast or would like to suggest a topic for an upcoming episode, email us at momcircle@floyd.org. Also, if you haven't already, be sure to download the My Floyd Baby app for a personalized health news feed for every member of your family. You can find the app at floyd.org baby or in your app store. Thanks for joining us.